right, everybody. Welcome back to the 307 Podcast. Uh, Chili is in, where's he at? North Carolina? Chili's in North Carolina doing his medical training, Wilderness First Responder. So we sent Chili up there to get this certificate, a little bit of pro-dev, plus we need a dedicated medic on the team. Um, we teach medical the basic concepts of of field medicine in the basic course and the proving grounds and stuff like this. Uh, it's something we're passionate about and I believe is an important skill to have on any team, which is why we sent Chili up to do this course. Uh, he sounded excited about it, like it was something he wanted to learn, so I think it fits perfect. We've got Miss Brooke. What? And Why you know, is he laughing just, like that when he I just, introduces me? I just looked over at you, and those headphones have got your hair puffed out like like a wedge. It's it's you guys just have to see it on YouTube. Oh my god! If you're watching, on you're YouTube. just jealous that you don't have any hair. We got Brooke in here to co- cover down for Chili. As uh, I'm sure she'll do a good job. She had a uh, a right good mountain biking wreck today. It was one of her slow motion falls. <laughs> so she's going, you, you know, on the PFA, you know where the little gate is? It's an arm. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. a little arm. And then yeah. there's that little gap between the, the gate and the chain link fence that you got to bring your bike she through. She didn't try to shoot the gap, did oh, she? Oh, yeah. She tried to go through the gap. Her One side of her handlebar hits the little flimsy arm thing, and she just... It turns her handlebars, and she just slow motion falls to the ground. It didn't feel like slow motion. Well, I thought she was fine until I, she stood up, and her knee was bleeding, and I, put, I pressed her kneecap, and she literally has knocked a dent in her kneecap. Dang. But Blakely's got her all. Yeah, Blakely hooked me up. Well, you should have known better than that, Brooke. You did the same thing at Barry College when you tried to go around that <laughs> gate up to the House of Dreams. You didn't quite Dude. do it that bad, but you laughed at me because I stumbled through there a little bit, and then you nearly wrecked that day. I have no... When Blakely was in here doctoring up Brooke, uh, so, what did she, she say? She said, of course Aunt Brooke wrecked her mountain yeah, bike. Yeah, uh-huh. of course she wrecked her mountain bike. <laughs> oh, my god! And then she looked at me and said, Uncle Chad, why didn't you wreck your mountain bike? And I said, well, because I'm usually a little more coordinated than Aunt Brooke is. So, oh, man. thank you for joining us today, Biscuit. Yeah, I'm excited. I can't, a Chili's shoes are too big to fill. Like, I'm a little nervous. I just don't. Well, he is famous. He is so famous. Look, yeah. Raise your hands when you talk. Use some big words and, and, and make a lot of funny faces. And do this. Yeah. What is when it? you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's up, Blake? Nothing. How's man. your day been? It's been good. Went to the gym, sent off some uh, basic course knives. There'll be a few people getting those. Cool. Had to run by Home Depot and get some things and clean some gear. And just been piddling. Mm. You mean working? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, man. I felt I felt bad about not being here to clean gear with you guys, but I think I made the right decision. What do you? I mean, oh, by the way, guys, this episode we're gonna we're we're gonna attempt to at least open the uh, the conversation up around the practice of meditation, and even may talk about some yoga 
and some Eastern religion and how parts of it could potentially be dangerous. Um, there are some things that we're going to look at, and these are huge things that are front and center in our culture now. Meditation, obviously yoga. You guys know it's a billion-dollar industry, and I think everything that you hear about these practices all sheds a positive light on it, and there's never really much said about some of the negative side effects uh, that some people have experienced from these activities. All right, so that's what today's episode is going to be about here in just a minute. That was a really long teaser. Yeah, well, I wanted to wanted to give people the upfront uh, thing on it. Anyways, hey, oh, huh. we, we have a race now. You were going to talk about if you made the right decision oh, about yeah. cleaning gear or whatever. You acted like you There's were so talk many about things that. to talk about. What do you think, Blake? Yeah, I think you made the right decision. I think um, had you told Brooke what we were doing and when we were doing it, you probably could have done both. But given the fact that you did it and you had two decisions at hand, I think you made the right decision. I tend to think about things just as they come. Yeah. We found this right. out a lot recently. Yeah. I didn't know y'all were cleaning gear. Like, he said nothing about it. You know, I've I've realized a lot of these things that we teach and talk about and <laughs> stay in present and these, they work good, but they're not, they're not real good to do all the time. It's just kind of focused. When, when you need it, you pull your tool out. Yeah. But well, I mean, hey, I, I ain't dogging you. You asked us. Well, I that's just feel I like think. I just feel like everybody's upset with me. <laughs> I feel Do you like, think that they should be? I, I just no. That's a good I, question. Yeah, I mean, I that maybe they should be. I don't think anybody's upset with you, but you probably thinking that because maybe you think they should be. Mm, well, that's deep. You know, I'm not upset with you. I mean, I'm not upset with you anymore. I think you could have <laughs> handled some situations differently, but that doesn't mean I'm upset with you. I mean, I'm giving you guys the opportunity to dog on me, you know. I mean, I could sit here and talk about how Blake's scared of the dark, but I'm not going to. Yeah. He did it, know? though, didn't he? Yeah, we could talk about that, or we could talk about how um, Dad lets his feelings lead him, and he doesn't I, stick to his <laughs> commitments, or how he left his tuna and oatmeal and didn't have anything to eat on the basic course. Or what? We talk about all that stuff, too, if we want that, to. That was a long chain of events that led up to that. Yeah. You just had a rough week, boo-boo. By the way, this last this last basic course mission, we get to our objective on Saturday, late Saturday, and the team is working through the process of setting their camp up and getting everything squared away for the night. And here comes somebody running up the trail. And now we're a long ways from anything, way up on a big 5,200-foot high ridge. Somebody comes running by, and we just catch it out of the corner of our eye, and we just see the back of them. And we were like, that. What the crap? He had a he had a blue plaid shirt on, collared shirt, and a Richardson one twelve hat. Yeah, and a Richardson <laughs> hat. And Blake said, "Was that chilly?" <laughs> and uh, 
I said, well, it runs like a chili. <laughs> and we said, dang, we got to go out and investigate this. And we walk out about 100 yards, and there's Chili standing in a field. He was waiting on y'all to come get him, wasn't oh, he? Oh, yeah. He was just, he happened to stop right there. And he, he had two pocketfuls of oatmeal cream pies. Uh-uh. And uh, Chili's diet is going downhill. We got to talk about that. And so then he he runs up. He, so I guess he got off from his training that evening. He knew we were going to be in the general area. He runs up there, so we called him. Then I'm like, all right, come on and meet the team. He comes up and starts. He, he just spends the whole time trying to peddle oatmeal cream pies to people. He was trying to give them away? Yeah. And, and one of the students was collecting firewood, and she said, I, sw- I just knew that I saw you out there running while I was collecting firewood, and I thought, now, there ain't no way he's out here. And I just wrote it off. And then there he was. Like some kind of mystical being. It just came out of nowhere, like man. Like Bigfoot. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. He's something else. I would love... Go ahead, boo-boo. No, no. I'm just, just thinking through how much has been unfolding the last few days, you know? Well, and I would like to, like, very rarely do, do the three of us end up together. Like, I don't think that people realize how complicating you are. Like, as a person... As an entity, like you are very complex and you require a lot of maintenance and attention. I'd just call him moody. He that's a yeah, that's pretty good. He's he is very moody. Like I think people think they see you at a race or they see you at an event or the basic course and they see the most consistent like you you are what you want to be because you have the capability to hone in and do that. But they don't know what me and Blake deal with. Oh, they don't see him consistent. They see his moods, too. By moody, I don't mean grumpy. I just mean when he's feeling a mood, it is exaggerated. If he's happy, <laughs> he's the happiest person in the room. And if he's grumpy, he is the grumpiest person in the room. Yep. And if he's mad, he's going to tell everybody, Oh, he wants I'm everybody. mad. Yeah, and he wants everybody else to be kind of poopy pants, too. Well, you know, I think P.N. really, you know, he said it well out there just a minute ago. By the way, yes, I'm very open with my struggles to people that that matter to me in my inner circle. I mean, if I'm having a problem with something, I'm just going to straight up tell you generally that I'm I'm having a problem with this, man. And uh, that's the way I roll. And, you know, PN said, well, you know, you spent your entire life in the SEAL teams, adult life, in the SEAL teams where things were very simple. You had one job. It was very cut and dry. It was, yes, it was hard in its own respect and very intense and and, uh, stressful at times, but it was very simple. It wasn't complex, right? And that is the environment that I perform the best in. Mm -hmm. If you put me in an environment where I know what I need to do. And it's one thing. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a ta- yeah one thing yeah it don't matter how, you, buddy you better look out, cause I I'm gonna get it done. Cause you're gonna take some souls. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna add to my sack of souls, um, but you know, this life out here, regular life, hmm. is uh, is way more complex. There's there's relational aspects there's um 
the responsibility, the complexity and number of responsibilities that you have is way more complex. It's it's demanding. Well, and, and being a seal, now don't get me wrong, you guys think, "Holy crap, you know, how how do you call this demanding in light of being an operator in a seal team?" It's so it's it's both are demanding, but one is my type. And one is not my type. <laughs> well, I like to, li- I always liken things to other things that I know, and that's how I understand them. And I see Chad as your regular wall outlet. He can deliver good, solid power to about two things. <laughs> and other folks are like a power strip that you, you've awesome. got. You've got multiple plugins, and you can send power. You can be charging the phone, running the lamp. You can have your blender go, whatever you need. You. Coffee grinder, whatever. You got all your stuff going. And Chad's just got them two outlets. He'll feed two things real strong. You know, you can't plug as much into a power strip or it'll trip the breaker. Mm-hmm. It can't handle quite what a power outlet or a wall outlet can. Well, also, so, I think, that's so good. I think a lot of those power strips also have surge protectors built in. Yeah. To where if lightning hits, hits it, the house, it won't blow everything that's plugged into it up. See, yeah. I also don't have a surge protector. No. <laughs> if lightning hits me, whatever I'm plugged into, is, I'm about to blow it up. So. Yeah. That's right. Oh, that's a really good analogy. What yeah. the crap? <laughs> that's him. That was perfect. That might be his new spirit animal. Instead of an ant, he's a wall outlet. <laughs> that's a good one, Blake. <laughs> yeah. You've been uh, thinking about that for a while. Oh, no, I just thought of it just now. Oh, my word. So, just, you know, what What are you guys supposed to get out of this? Well, just know that, um, you know, if you're if you're in a place where you're maybe... Uh, Overwhelmed? Uh, I don't even know if that's the right word, but just struggling with the... Uh, or not, not really enjoying the complexities of everyday life. Or, or maybe, maybe struggling with it, whatever. Just know you're not alone. All right, we're all working through this. Well, everybody's got this threshold where they can only do so much, and then they're like, look, I'm done. And you need to operate just a little bit past that threshold, at least from time to time. You you don't need to just stay on this side of it and just everything's good. But that's different for everybody, just like the wall outlet. You, every now and then, you might need to run a little splitter, plug you a double, double outlet in and run three things. But then... Go back to your, you know, just to grow yourself a little bit. That's, yeah. You know, pushing yeah. and just everyday stuff. It doesn't have to be something specific, but. Yeah. It it would. I mean, I agree. Like we say, or you guys say to, for people to challenge themselves physically and mainly physically for you, one of the few ways to challenge you is in this, you know, you balancing whatever you having to deal with taxes, things that you're not good at that stress you out. I mean, just like Blaze said, learning to not let it send you into a, I don't know, what would you call it? What, what does he do? He like shuts down and he, I mean. Just exercise that surge protector. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and there's a whole nother dynamic to that. And we won't go down that, but I'll just present the case of when you have, a business or a brand or whatever, if you have a team member like me that is really good at at 
going hard and doing what I do, do you really want that person to be dealing with all? In other words, from an entrepreneurial aspect, if if you can if you can work that person out of those tasks and just allow them to really go hard within their lane, as long as it's a productive lane within whatever your business or your brand is. Um, because like me, that's my thing is live training, training people out of the basic course. I mean, that's dude, that's my wheelhouse. Speaking. I mean, no, nah, not right. Well, I like to, I do like to speak, but I would much rather be out on a mission with a team of people teaching them how to be a team and how to push ment- We And we, we, we don't just push physically. We push mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Yeah. We push in all those aspects, but you know, but then the, the the flip side to that is is just like today, I mean, I want to be a part of everything. Like, and maybe that's not right, you know. Like, I I don't know. We we are we we continuously improve this. We we improve this um, and have improved greatly um, over the last year or so. But uh, well, in business, you do. That's how you want to operate. Unless you don't want your business to prosper, but in your everyday life. Just because you don't like doing something doesn't mean that you don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. And and whatever it requires of your your kids, your wife, your I mean, not your job, but just things. Maybe your gym. Maybe you don't like doing this one gym workout, and you say, "I'm not going to do it." Mm-hmm. Just as a physical example. Yeah, I don't think that's okay. But I do think, yeah, in, in business, there's no you should not be doing anything with taxes in the business because then it just hinders you. In other areas of that, and you're not as productive. Yeah, that. yeah, and I and I kind of get that from, you know, looking at other brands and businesses that I look up to. Uh, First form being one, you know, you guys know I've got to spend some time with uh, Andy and those guys out at First Form on the Real AF podcast. Great guys. Again, we don't necessarily always speak the same language, but I do have to say they've got this aspect figured out. Where you know Andy's. Me and Andy are wired a lot alike, and you and you and Sal are wired wired a lot alike. I think, and so they've they've worked themselves into a position where Andy is he's just in his lane, just yeah. going hard, you know. And you know, but it takes time to. It also takes time to get to that point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean you've got to get your business to a point where you can afford to pay people to do those other things and you just should steadily be knocking off things that you're not the best at. That's right. That's right. So man. Oh, we're we have a race now. Heck yeah. So yeah. And <laughs> you know, we'll talk about the race a, a lot more here in a, later on, not in this episode, but later on. It's September the 11th. It's here in Rome, Georgia. 2021. 2021. It's called the 3 of 7 Project 50K. I wanted to name it. I, if it if this was just a regular race, I would have given it some flashy name. But this is not, to me, is not a regular race. This is a day where we come together for fellowship, friendship, conversation, having a good time, and we get to run an ultra marathon mm-hmm. all in the same day. 
So this is like a one day event. I don't I don't picture this as like the race that you go out, you run the course, cross the finish line, get your little medal, then you leave. Yeah, if you come, you out, can do that if you want, but but go ahead and plan on setting aside today to make it what we're talking about. Yeah, because then it's going to be a good time, and I think the people that are coming have that same idea for it. I think so too. And and this race is at a beautiful, beautiful location. Absolutely awesome. Uh it's gonna be I'd say about sixty percent trail, sixty, seventy percent trail and probably what, thirty, forty percent road. That seems about but right. But it's all pri- none of none of it's on public roadways. Right. It's all within the park. Um and yeah, we plan to meet up. We're gonna we're gonna have a good talk in the morning. Race will start at 8 o'clock. It's an eight-hour cutoff time, so you've got eight hours to run a 50K. This is a great course to set a new PR if you're an experienced and a fast runner. By the way, we plan to pay first place $1,000 because it pays to be a winner, and we practice what we preach. So first place runner gets awarded a $1,000 cash prize. All right? Now, this is also a great course because it's manageable terrain that if you've never ran an ultra marathon before and you want to do your first ultra marathon, this is a great place to do it. I am not running the race. I'm going to be out there to make sure you finish your race if this is your first ultra marathon. I plan to be all over the course hanging out with you guys. When it's done, we're going to have every smoker that we can assemble fired up we're, I hope we have some barbecues, some ribs, some good food, right? We're going to hang out, eat, having a little award ceremony, hear some testimonies, and call it a day. So it's different. That's why that's why I named it the 3 of 7 Project 50K. It's almost like a event and not just a race. That's my vision of it. Registration's open on Ultra Sign Up. I might attach the link in the show notes of this episode if you guys want to sign up we've released it to patreon they had first go at signing up now we're releasing it to you guys all right so we'll give you guys a few days as podcast listeners to sign up if you want to come out and then we'll release it on instagram to the general public because that's the that's the order yeah so i'm really excited about it dude I mean, I just think it's so cool that we have a, a ultra marathon. Yeah. As long as we get the permit. <sighs> yeah. So the park manager called me two days ago and said, okay, er, we've talked to everybody. We're good with this. Go ahead and proceed. He said, we'll get you the permit uh, later on in the week. So I don't have the permit in hand yet. But, but you I was, got it. I was told by the by the head park manager, regional manager, everybody's good green light on this event so oh yeah you got it that's why we set it all up yeah so anyways i don't know i'm super pumped about that man i i I don't know why uh probably because it's going to be an awesome event but you know i've just we've talked about doing a race for like two years and finally we uh we're gonna make it happen with obviously if you guys come sign up and hang out with us we're gonna make it happen we can't do it without you Mm -hmm. so check it out i'll put a link to the ultra sign up uh, registration page in the show notes of this episode, and uh, we hope to see you there. It's going to be awesome. Let's try to dig into this topic real quick. 
Um, so yeah, meditation. Did, did either of y'all meditate? I, when I was in rehab, they taught us how to meditate and it was a big part of the daily routine. And then I used it. I'm not good at it. Um, I don't do transcendental meditation. I do mindfulness meditation. There's different types. Let's define meditation. What is what are you talking about? He keeps doing this to me. When we're on podcasts together, he just gets on his phone. No, I have my notes on my phone. Okay. Listen, that what this is, Brooke. You hadn't been on him enough. He's allowing you to provide filler content. So he can a, until read. he gets his thoughts together. He, okay. We deliver salad and he delivers the steak. The main <laughs> That's usually how it it's so true, though. But what what are you talking about? What are you calling med- meditation? I mean, just like deep thinking, or like no, no. It's it's where meditation is essentially where you um, are trying. At least the ones were the the type of meditation we're going to study in this article here is where you're literally trying to clear your brain completely of any thoughts whatsoever. When I learned the way they described it. You start by getting somewhere comfortable. You close your eyes. You do probably some four by four or just breathing, and you focus on your breath only. And when thoughts come, the idea is to acknowledge the thought. And like a lot of them will say, put the thought in the cloud and just let it go by. Like you're not, you're, you're trying to train your brain to focus on what you want it to focus on and not allow it to get distracted by your thoughts. Um. Yeah, and I think that is, so my concept of meditation biblically, and we'll look at some biblical examples of meditation here in a minute, but is meditating on something, which is the Word of God, right? Mm-hmm. That the I didn't realize how much the Bible talks about meditating. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's, especially in Psalms, there's verse after verse after, I mean, it's a lot, man. So, but always when the Bible is speaking of meditation, it's speaking it speaking of it as meditating on the Word of God or the law of God or whatever it may be. And we'll look at that here in a minute. Now, I think the meditation that's being taught or propagated outside of Christianity is this transcendental meditation practice where you're releasing all of your thoughts. And I think, well, I don't think, I know it is propagated as a practice that you can use to lower anxiety, lower cortisol, lower stress, all this stuff. And I've always thought, well, it must be legit. I've never done any, obviously, study. I don't meditate unless it's meditating on the Word of God. I, you know, I don't try the transcendental, try to clear my head, none of that. Um, I was just assumed, well, nothing could be wrong with that. And then Nathan actually brought up this article on harpers.org. I'll attach the link to this article. It's a lengthy article that goes very in-depth. Specific, on a specific case of a young female that went to a meditation retreat for 10 days. A silent meditation mm-hmm. retreat. Complete silence. Yep. And uh, basically her mind came unraveled. And she ended up 
horrifically killing herself and leaving uh, just this wake of destruction in her path. And this case that, that the article specifically follows is not isolated. Apparently, this if you if you choose to go read through the article, it is really astounding how prevalent the negative side effects of transcendental meditation. They said specifically more than twenty minutes a day, mm-hmm. uh, and the science behind it, the studies that have been conducted, have actually shown that over the overwhelming majority, we're talking about 65 to 70% when the patient is doing meditation, they, they think they're doing something good, but then when they actually measure the cortisol levels in the person's bloodstream, it's actually increasing cortisol, which increases anxiety. And it was really crazy for me to, to hear that. Now, this article goes back and gives some history on what was this transcendental meditation actually uh, created for, or who the, 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 the foundation of it was Buddhist, Buddhist monks. And I'll just read this short part of the article for you that'll give you some insight on the origins of this transcendental meditation practice. The Buddhists who took up meditation in the 5th century did not view it as a form of stress relief, which was interesting to me because that's what it's propagated as now. These contemplative practices were invented for monks who had renounced possessions, social position, wealth, family, comfort, and work. Um, Writes David McCann, a professor of religious studies at Franklin Marshall College in a 2017 book, Uh, meditation, Buddhism, and science. Monks and nuns sought to transcend the world and its cycles of rebirth and awaken in nirvana, an unfathomable state of equanimity beyond space and time, or at least avoid being reincarnated as a mountain goat or a hungry spirit in the hell realm underground. Um, The crap. Yeah. (laughs) Generally, meditation is presented as something monks aspiring to... uh, fully awakened do an activity that is part of a way of being in the world that is ultimately aimed at exiting the world rather than a means to happier uh, to a happier or more fulfilling life within it in other words mindfulness was not invoked to savor the beauty of nature or to be a more present thoughtful spouse according to I can't pronounce this guy's name. The point of meditation was to cultivate disgust and disenchantment with the everyday world and one's attachments to people and things. I was always under the impression, and I was taught with meditation, that you set an intention for your meditation. And, like, it sounds like they had, I don't know, like, our intentions were to focus on our breath and calm ourselves or... To think about our family or to think about like, you know what I mean? You would, before you started, you would set an intention of what you were going to do with that meditation in that time. But that, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. So in turn, you, the type of meditation, you are actually meditating on something. Whatever. 
Yeah, and if it's the right something, I think it can be a very healthy practice. But uh, in the case of this lady in the article, in uh, an astounding amount of others yeah. uh, that go to these meditation camps, it really, really can have some extremely negative side effects. Well, that gr- And I think it's just something we should be aware of. Yeah. And and also just to say that the article was talking about the lady who was studying these bad experiences that a lot of the people already had problems with mental illness or psychological issues and like this girl and in I know it, some of them didn't. She said that too. So if you would have read the full article last night um, I read like over half of it yeah. and I read exactly what I just said in the article. So there are more complex studies that actually go along, go on to rebut that initial finding that they were thinking that this meditation practice was actually causing problems in people mostly that already have previous um, mental illness yeah. uh, conditions where in actuality, when they broadened the the control group or the study group, they found that it actually made no difference, that it was causing the same issues, mental issues, uh, essentially unraveling people's minds that had absolutely no history of mental illness or psychosis or disassociation or any of those things. So what was the theory on why they were unraveling mentally? What does meditation do to them to cause that? Well, I mean, I'm sure that there are, um, I'm sure that there are uh, medical explanations for it and spiritual explanations for it. Um, I, I think the medical explanation, according to this article right here, is talking about how the brain is actually wired for a certain amount of stimulus. At all times. And so what happens is when you shut that down, and the article explains it in detail, when you, when you shut all that stimulus down, uh, the neurons in your brain start firing uncontrollably. And that's what causes that psychosis and leads to the disassociation and like this lady right here. So it actually screws the brain up. And... I, you wouldn't talk to me about this yesterday. Like you were like, we're saving it for the podcast. So my question for you and for Blake after reading it is, do you guys think that that is a spiritual thing or a physical thing or both? Or, I mean, do you think that that's evil things coming out of meditation or because of its roots? Or do you think it's a totally biological reaction based on what's happening? Well, I think that, in my opinion, both. Okay. Um, I think it's obviously something that can be seen scientifically, the negative side effects on some people's brains. Um, now, it looks like with, uh, with this lady here, discussed in this case, she is in a very deep way uh, dealing with some demons that have come in and driven her to take her own life. And 
I'm trying to look for the note that she left her family well, why? when she did finally kill herself, but it is extremely horrific, the thoughts that were going through this lady's head. Well, while you look for it, why don't we get Blake's opinion on what he thinks about it? Yeah, do you think there's a demonic aspect to it or purely a physiological response in the brain to getting rid of all stimulus? I mean, anything I believe comes from the Bible. And so I would say the Bible says that we don't struggle against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities of darkness. So I think whatever physical response we do have from it stems from the spiritual realm. I mean, it people might think I'm crazy or not, but that's just what I believe. So, yeah, I'm sure that when you do that, your body has a reaction, but it's it's not, I don't know that it's not just like a, re, it's not like a hit your kneecap and your leg kick reaction. It's, uh, you know, I, as, as you talk about emptying your mind and defining meditation, I think of the, the verses in the Bible that say, you know, idle hands or uh, the devil's workshop. And when you're clearing your mind, what are you doing? You're basically idle. I mean, there's nothing. Mm -hmm. And then, you you know, the verse about when a demon leaves, if he comes back and finds the house swept clean, he comes back sevenfold. And so what are you doing with your mind? You're sweeping it clean. So it's like if they're, if you're sweeping it clean, there might not be any evil there, but there's also no good there. And so that's open doors to let whatever in. It's like a, a, a vacant house. If nobody's occupying it, then a squatter can come in and stay or a good person could come in and stay. But if there's a good person there, the squatter's not coming in. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Those are, as you, as y'all talk, those are my initial thoughts. But I, I would say to answer your question specifically, uh, it whatever physical reaction occurs to that has a, has a deeper source. Like, yeah. we... As humans, anything, we are like puppets, and we're either tied to God or we're tied to Satan. And who you tie your strings to are, I mean, the actions you do are a result of who you have chosen to tie your strings to. So if you want to, obviously, you know, clearing your mind has sent this lady, you know, allowed her to connect on some level with these demons and let them in. I mean, that's what I believe has happened. I have to believe the same thing. Um, and, and I believe the in the that if you let uh, basically a demonic presence into your life through something like this, um, that that presence, that spiritual presence, can is actually the thing creating the physiological response within the human body. So the two are tied together. One is spiritual, but the, the the spiritual thing is actually causing a natural physiological response mm-hmm. that can be measured uh, in in a in a doctor's office, right? And you know, I just read this this lady's words here, and I'm thinking, wow. So here she's she's been she's leaving notes throughout the house. This is one of the notes they found written by her. The world. This is Megan was the girl's name in this case. She says the world will go on without you. It's been around for six billion years. Stop being so selfish. I'm afraid my energy is going to hurt everyone else. I can't stay inside the lines. I can't stay inside the lines. And her final note that she wrote to her family when they found her uh, after committing suicide is, I can't keep running from what was supposed to have happened. If you get a chance to die, take it. 
that is speech propagated directly from a demon. Mm -hmm. Uh, Satan is a murderer. Satan's main objective is to kill you. The best way that he can get at God is to destroy God's most beloved creation, his sons and daughters. And he's been a murderer since the beginning. And anytime I see something like this, I say this is not the human mind that has developed this message. This is something deeper than the human mind that's channeling this message through this human. I know, guys, this is really deep stuff right here, right? But I just I just don't know how to think about it. Well, death is not of God. I mean, that was something... That's a, that's a price that we had to pay for sin because of what happened with Adam and Eve. So if if someone is saying, hey, if you get a chance to die, you need to jump on that, then, I mean, clearly that is advice of something that is not of God. So if, if it's not of God, who is it of, you know? This conversation, though, makes me think like, like we're relating this woman's what would be called in today's time a mental illness that's probably what the doctors were calling it um different diagnosis and stuff like that so this is so random but it's just what my mind is saying like are all mental illnesses spiritual warfare like i would say no a lot of them are hereditary i mean this one obviously is really extreme yeah like what you just read is freaking horrific but that's just the question that's popping up in my mind like well i think this case particularly, and to answer your question uh, specifically, no, I do not think that all mental illness is is created by a demonic demonic force or mental retardation or sickness or any yeah. of that. No, okay, that I do not think that at all. You don't either, Blake. No, I mean that I I do think some strange and unexplained cases that people will just slap a mental diagnosis on mm-hmm. to try to say, hey, well, this is what you got, you know. I think that there could be cases of it, but to say that every single mental illness that someone has is is from a demon, I I, I don't th- I couldn't say that. It's not all spiritual. Mm-mm. Okay, I, I can't go. Sorry, I, I didn't mean. I just no. That's a really good question, by the way. And this specific case right here is so interesting to me because the way this lady, this lady Megan's, the way her family describes her before she goes to this meditation retreat mm-hmm. is as just a a normal person. Like, she had just gone through a breakup, and yeah. it said that she was kind of like floating around, kind of not knowing what to do with her life, and this was going to be her fresh start. That's right. That's right. But as far as her her being a safe, uh, just, uh, you know. Happy. Ha- generally yeah. happy human being. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, there there's tons of people out here that have to take a, um, you know, a low-dose antidepressant to help them with the stress of life. We were just talking about the stress mm-hmm. of life yep. earlier. Like, like th- yeah, that that's not, th- you know, it sounds like that's about where this girl was. Right. Uh, according to, you know, their, their recollection of her before this. But going in here and participating in this thing, literally, it was like, it took her life and, just overwhelmed her, obviously. And and that's what's interesting about it to me. Um, so now the question is, to me, 
like where we would lead into this is, is all meditation bad? Are all of these meditation, yoga, chakras, all of these things that come from Eastern medicine in India 5,000 years ago, is it something that Christians should avoid at all costs? Or is it something with the right mindset that we can participate in if it's beneficial? Well, I would say, and it's, I wouldn't call it Eastern medicine. I would call it Eastern religion. Thank you. Yeah. And, um, and, and I think, well, let's look at what the Bible says about meditation real quick. So we can see, is all meditation bad? I think the answer to that is no. Um, I, you know, here's, here's what the Bible says. Obviously, multiple, I mean dozens of verses, the Bible mentions meditation. That tells me right off the bat, no, it's not bad. Here's one of the best right here. Psalm 19, four, verse 14, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Here's another one, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. This book of the law, that's God's word, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and have good success. So here we see in Joshua, God saying, Actually, if you will meditate on the right things, it will actually make you prosperous as a human being. Well, and who knows what the actual like Hebrew word or whatever was that they're using meditation for now. Like the synonym for meditation is contemplate. So like That's does pretty good. Well in, in Joshua one eight, the Hebrew word for meditate there, it literally means to mutter back. Oh, so it's well, that's like different. Um, it, it's it, he says this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate on it day and night. So he's saying it shouldn't depart out of your mouth. It should always be in your mouth, yeah. and you should mutter it back and always be thinking on it, mm-hmm. speaking softly, saying it back to yourself, so that you can remember all of it, and then you will have great success and be prosperous. Hmm. Yeah, and it's used in so- that specific verse. I don't know in in Psalms that. It may have been a different Hebrew It's word, mentioned but. so many times in Psalms, but, you know, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Um, I mean, the only place in Scripture where I could find, uh, where, where I could find an example of meditation that wasn't directly attached to meditating on the Word of God was in Genesis 24, verse 63. Uh, it's Isaac. And essentially, I think Isaac is waiting for this um, these people to come into town, and they're actually bringing his his wife. I think his wife's name was Rebecca. And it says Genesis twenty four sixty three. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field towards the evening, and he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, there were camels coming. That's the only place where I don't really see. And maybe I should have read the verses in front of and behind. Maybe it would have given us an idea of what Isaac was going out to meditate on. Right, so I think that meditation is obviously through Scripture something that can actually lead to living a great, successful, full life. It's what are you meditating on, mm-hmm. and are you going into this practice uh, with these beliefs that this meditation is actually going to help you connect to the universe? That's where it gets yeah. dangerous, right? And yeah. that, that's essentially what Eastern 
religious meditation is asking you to do. Go and do this so you can transcend mm-hmm. all of these things and connect to the universe. And here's where we'll tie this into the whole yoga thing. So yoga is part of Eastern religion. For me, I have done yoga before. To A me, lot. to I mean, me, it's stretching. It. I, I was doing yoga moves in buds. It wasn't called yoga. It was called stretching. You were doing yoga moves. You weren't doing <laughs> yeah. yoga. Yeah. It's it's literally stretching. And for me, it's always been linking your your bre- your in and out breath to the stretching. To movement. Okay. Now. Okay. <laughs> you can tell he's on a roll when he does that. You know, so if you want to stretch, stretch. Yoga <laughs> goes a little deeper than just stretching because, again, it is heavily, heavily tied to these Eastern religions, Buddhism, Hindus. It's heavily tied to the beliefs that you have that you are actually divine. You are God. The universe is alive. You are God, you are part of God, which is why you just uh, my understanding is why you just continuously are reincarnated. Mm-hmm. See, we as Christians believe that we believe in resurrection, not reincarnation. And we believe that we are not God. God is an external force. He is the universe is not alive. There's a God that exists outside the confines of time, space, and matter that the universe is made of. He created the universe and us. He's outside. Well, it can be alive, but it's not the God. It's 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 alive because he created it like that, right? Yeah, I mean, light, God, the breath of God is, in my mind, the genesis of life mm-hmm. on earth when he breathed in to us as humans, um, that's the spirit, really, and so. But with the so we believe God's external. We can invite Him into our lives, and at that point, He lives within us. But that doesn't make us God. Right. It doesn't make us holy. And you know, you look at this. Um, if you you say, well, how does that tie into yoga? Well, really. The, the language that is used in yoga, what is this word, na- namaste? How do you, you... Namaste. Yeah, namaste. Is that it's, how you say it? Yeah, it's so, what everybody says right when they finish yeah, yoga. So when you, you put your hands together on your chest, yep. namaste. And so what that actually means is the divine in me acknowledges the divine in you. So here we are practicing a activity that's basically saying i am i am divine i am the universe this is everything and the divine in me acknowledges the divine in you no dangerous it it is as we look into these other religions and yoga and buddhism and hinduism i want to read you guys something real quick out of uh, c.s lewis 
his book called Mere Christianity. And Biscuit, you're going to like this. This is what I was trying to tell you earlier. Oh, oh, you mean what you wouldn't talk to me about? Because you said, I don't want to talk about this right now. I save everything for the podcast because if you have conversation a second time, it's never as good as the initial time you have it. Well, he hasn't shut up for 10 minutes, so I don't even think I'm going to be able to talk. You would like that book, bro. I, I think I would, too. So here, this is out of Mere Christianity. I want to read this to you. Then I'm going to open up the floor to you, Biscuit. Oh, thank and you. All right. Um, so sweet. I have been. This is C.S. Lewis. I have been asked what to. T- uh, I have been asked to tell you what Christians believe. Um. Okay. Yeah, that's right. And I am going to begin by telling you one thing that Christians do not need to believe. If you are a Christian. You do not have to believe that all other religions are simply wrong all through. Mm. If you are an atheist, you do have to believe that the main point in all religions of the whole world is simply one huge mistake. If you are a Christian, you are free to think that all these religions, even the queerest ones, contain at least some hint of of truth. When I was an atheist, I had to try to persuade myself that most of the human race have always been wrong about the question that mattered to them the most. When I became a Christian, I was able to take a more liberal view. But of course, being a Christian does not mean thinking that where Christianity differs from other religions, Christianity is right and they are wrong. All right? So that's what it means. Where these other religions differ from Christianity, you as a Christian must know that Christianity is right and they are wrong. As in arithmetic, there is only one right answer to the sum, and all other answers are wrong. But some of the wrong answers are much nearer to right than others. Hmm. Now, C.S. Lewis is not God. This is not the gospel. But I thought that was a really cool perspective. Yeah. yeah. Right? Cause th- it, go ahead, Blake. I was just, we've hit on it a couple times here about Christianity and other religions and things. And Nathan said on the basic course this weekend, you know, one of the main differences between Christianity and other religions is all the other religions tell you to look inward and find this within yourself, find the divine in yourself. You've got the answers inside of you. And Christianity says, you're all flawed and sinners. You can't figure it out. Here's Jesus who came and paid the price for you, and that is your only way to figure this out and I love that. to be sanctified or set aside or covered in his righteousness. And I just thought that really kind of simplified because, you know, a guy was asking, well, this religion says this and Christianity says this. Well, they're kind of the same thing. What's the difference? Why is this one right and this one's not? And I just thought that was a good a good thing to point out. Mm-hmm. I'd never really heard it put that way. Yeah, I like that. What do you think, Bess? What's on your mind? I was thinking about what I was trying to talk to you about this morning, about all of them, like chakras. I don't know if you guys know what chakras are. Like you have multiple chakras in your body, and they're supposedly energy fields like at your heart, down low, up top, and they're energy fields that can get blocked by 
bad habits, not exercising, not eating right. And like, so that's just a tidbit on it. But chakras, meditation, yoga, and this conversation had me thinking last night about how, like to relate it like Muslims, and if I get this wrong, I'm sorry, but my understanding is they'll only eat food that's been blessed because they don't want to bring things into their life or into their body that could be carrying bad spiritual things, right? Like, or when I went and saw that crazy doctor guy who was a Christian, like he believed if you brought a supplement into your home that was made by a company that wasn't a Christian, that you needed to bless it and remove evil spirits from it before you take it. And so like as Christians, if somebody from another religion came up with meditation 5,000 years ago, but they happened to be a Buddhist and they said, Hey, I think this brings me closer to my God, but we can use it not necessarily to get closer to Jesus, but to meditate on his word. You know what I mean? To sit quietly and do like they taught me in rehab. Like maybe it's a verse and maybe you try not to allow your other thoughts come in and you focus on that verse and ask God to give you whatever he wants you to get out of it. And you sit quietly and wait. Um, or if meditation helps you calm down, if you're having a panic attack or if yoga helps you keep your body feeling good and the movement helps your joints or it helps you get centered and grounded. Like where is the line in y'all's opinion on, yeah, it was made up by somebody and it was used for a purpose in a different religion but it's helpful for you. But does that mean you're opening yourself to evil spirits because of the foundations of whatever concept? Well, I don't think it was came up with by a different religion. I think that they probably took what was in the Bible because God created everything and he created that. So they took meditation and perverted it in some way mm-hmm. to be in their religion. That's a good perspective. And so... It, you know, they have perverted it, so you need to go back and figure out, like, what is the purest form of it? And, and you know, it's like it's been diverted over here, and you just need to get back connected with what it really was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think, too, this, that's a really good question. Um, with, with yoga specifically, what are your intentions behind doing yoga? Could you find a Christian yoga instructor that leaves leaves the the religious tones of it out and is simply leading you through a stretch session? Like, I'm cool with stretching, right? Now, am I going to buy into all this and all these words and, and all this stuff? I think if you buy into that, you're going down a dangerous path. Do you even know what the words mean? Did yeah, you I research? researched them all. <laughs> I looked at all of them last so night. So what's like, the like Cole, she always says like, um, what is it called? Ankasana or something like that. I know it's Sanskrit, but what do they mean? So, I mean, we, we'd have to read through. You can look that up. A lot of, a lot of them are actually words that are just, um, are just, uh, descriptive words for the stretch that's what that I they're thought. leading you they're to. describing what your body's doing yeah but some of them are not so you you just don't know you know what i mean well and, the first lesson here is that if you don't know you need to figure it out like that <laughs> yeah. word that you the namaste or whatever like i didn't know that I'm, but i don't do the yoga but 
And I probably wouldn't have looked it up, but hearing this, and you know, all right, this is the background of this. I mean, if this lady is saying something on my TV every time, and God forbid you're saying it too in your house, you got to figure out, because we know how much words matter, you know, so. Yeah, because here's some of them, boo, like, Sir Yah Namaskasana, <laughs> like, uh, standing still. This one's, I can't even pronounce it, but it, the, the Sanskrit means thumb to foot pose, hand to foot pose, extended triangle pose. I'm going down to see if there's anything weird. Um, yeah. Well, and then two, I think we should go back and talk about the the example you used of other religions that, you know, won't eat certain foods and stuff. I think the Bible addresses that specific thing. has to be blessed. And, like, well, if it's not coming from a, a Christian or somebody... Like, and this has to. been a, a problem, uh, obviously, in, in the Christian culture. Paul writes about this. He says, so then, about eating foods sacrificed to idols or foods that have been blessed or sacrificed to idols, we know that an idol is nothing at all in the world. In other words, Paul is saying this idol is just an inanimate object um, and that there is no God but one. So we possess that knowledge and our faith is solid that we know there is no God but one. Uh, for for even if there are, are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things came and from, and from whom we live. And there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through all whom we live. But not everyone possesses this knowledge. Some people are still so accustomed to idols that when they eat sacrificial food they think of it as have been sacrificed to a god and since their conscience is weak it is defiled all right but the food does not bring us near to god we are no worse if we do not eat and no better if we do in other words paul is saying about the food thing well if you have that foundation of faith and somebody says this food's been offered to idols and whatever, and you're hungry, well, you can eat it. It's not going to mess you up or not. But he goes on to say the danger in that, if your faith is solid, is when others whose faith is not that solid see you eating that food that's offered to idols, it's going to cause them to stumble, mm -hmm. right? So it's a complex issue. And I almost think you're giving it more power. I mean, it has no power. But you are giving it power by saying, I'm not going to eat that because that's been offered up to another God. So yeah. essentially, you have placed some sort of belief in that mm -hmm. God or else you wouldn't be concerned about it. I'm still stuck on yoga because you claim that yoga is dangerous and doing yoga could possibly open up yourself. And I want to know why. I Because I like yoga. Yeah, I think if you buy in to the ideals of yoga as being a form of something that is going to connect you to the universe and and okay all this stuff if you buy into that yes it is extremely that you're basically that you, you're sense. basically choosing a, a different religion mm -hmm. at that point um now I'll, i mean i'll have to pass this off to blake as far as you listening to this podcast if you're still listening if you're interested in this type of stuff it's interesting to me yeah. to contemplate these things but you you're about to go in here on youtube and pull up 
your favorite yoga instructor and watch a yoga video and your favorite yoga instructor is completely bought into all this stuff. Like she or he is a yogi. Like this is what they do and they're bought into it. Can you go through that routine on YouTube safely and have a good conscience about it and still honor God um, as long as your intentions are just to get in a stretch session? Just to get in a, a stretch session. And and by that you mean like if they're talking about divine stuff in the universe, if they're you're saying like if during the yoga session they're they've got a dialogue revolving around what you were saying earlier. Yeah. Or are you saying that just if the person you're watching believes in that stuff, that can affect you? Even if they don't talk about it. What do you think about it, Blake? I mean, me personally, if I'm a yoga person, I ain't about to watch nobody that's... If they ain't putting... I don't care what they believe. If they ain't putting it out and it's not affecting my thought, then fine. But if they're putting out and saying that namaste stuff, I ain't watching they it. They all say namaste. And I ain't watching it. It's namaste. I know, boo, you found that meeting, but most definitions is a friendly greeting. Like... I know, like, you dug deep for that definition, but if you Google the meaning of namaste, it says a friendly greeting. I'm not saying that that wasn't the original one, but if you say that, you won't be doing any yoga. So why can't you do yoga? Obviously, if if the yoga instructor starts talking about the universe and you're divine and you're a goddess or God and all this, like, yes, you need to turn it off. I get done with CrossFit. My body is whacked out. My hips are tight. I turn on a yoga instructor. That is a yogi, but they're just running me. I'm just following them on the screen. And at the end, they say namaste, and I don't. Like, And I know that Jesus is my God, and he's the only God. And then I turn it off and go to bed. Like, And, and I'm, I'm asking you guys, if you go into it with the right intentions, and you're obviously not shaky in your faith and struggling with stuff, like, why is that? I mean, you could do this with anything. Like, you, I would say, sorry, go ahead. You go ahead. Is it possible to do yoga without, I mean, I, I think it's like a, um, it's probably case by case, but I just think like, can you do it without watching those kind of people? And if you can, then watch them. Like, What's the um the thing they do at the end of CrossFit? Yeah, it's the, that's that's all it is. It's a Ramwad. Ramwad. It's a recovery workout of the day. It is literally yoga. That's not called yoga. They don't focus it on breathing, so no, it's not. The ones I've did did. They tell you to breathe, but it's not based on the breath, like a movement, like yoga. Look, you do yoga, so I don't know why you're over here with your eyebrows up. Like, oh, yoga's so bad. You, you know, you the, shouldn't be doing yoga, people. It's dangerous, but I do it. You, you what know, the crap? Oh, I'm not even getting into that. I'm not even getting into that. Do it. Go ahead. No, that's that's not it. That's not. Um, no, I, I mean, I, I'm genuinely, I, I'm genuinely conflicted on my answer to that question. Uh, I have I have to go with my I would have to go with my gut if if you were forcing me to answer this question. I have. I am in direct opposition to yoga. Now, just now. No, no, no. I have been. That that's why you literally have to 
begged me. You did yoga like two weeks ago on your own without me. I have done a, a yoga stretch session. Probably I could count on my fingers the numbers of times I've done that. Blake won't make eye contact On my me. own free will. I'll look at you. All right? I don't know how much he does. Now, I am in direct opposition to yoga, the culture behind it, the beliefs behind it, the foundations of it, everything about it. Uh, if I go with my gut, I would say, no, it no, don't 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 fool with it. Nah. If you want nah. if you want to stretch, find a find a Christian based person that leads a stretch session. That is, <laughs> I can't say that word by the way. That is literally the same movements that you would participate in w within yoga, but without the eastern religious tones and foundations there's well, christian yoga exactly it, that's what i'm saying yeah if you can do it without it then why not and if if you've watched it enough and now you realize oh crap i, I ought not be doing that and you can do your own like is there an advantage to having someone on your screen doing it i mean i don't know i I'm yeah it's just nice asking. yeah it, it is it's nice to have just someone lead you through through the, the the session right how far though like how far do we go as Christians, on filtering our lives from things that aren't Christian related, like we could go really far down that road. Like, where's the boundary of I'm solid? And like, is it other religious stuff? Is that the biggest boundary? Like, if things are tied to other religions, that's where, like, that's a hard line for you guys. I think it's the reason why you're doing it. Like, well then, it, yoga are, would be fine for me if it's just the reason. But so, yeah are you are you doing yoga for the benefit of Christ? Well, I don't eat. I mean, I don't eat, or I mean, I don't. I don't know. Like, not everything I do all day long. Do I do CrossFit for the benefit of Christ? You gotta keep a healthy body. The Bible talks about it, so you could make well, the yoga case makes that makes me healthy. But can you do it in a Christian manner? Like, yeah, hundred percent. And if you can, then then why aren't you? Like, is there an advantage to to doing it with the the yogi the, or the the Christian stretch leader? Yeah, this reminds me of the conversation that because um, well, our our yoga person is off. I, I really like her because of her cues. Like, she's good at being like, you should feel this in your left hip, and if you're not, you need to pull your right foot back. And I've never found anybody else who does that. That's why I like her. So this reminds me of the conversation we had the one time when Chad said you should never, he his, his opinion that you should never see a therapist that isn't a Christian. And I said, what if the therapist is recovering, has recovered successfully from an eating disorder or an addiction and they're really well versed in it? Why can't you seek that from mm -hmm. them because they're an expert in that field if they're not a Christian? Yeah. And that's how I feel about the yoga is like, if someone's really good at it and they're not talking about all of the stuff yeah. you guys are referring to, I don't know. But Yeah, I mean, if, if it's just, like I said, I would be, for me, if, if I was a yoga person and I, and I was doing yoga and I can watch this <laughs> yoga, <laughs> yoga, and I can watch this person who I know is sold out to this deal, but she doesn't put it on at all. All she does is stretch. I mean, I don't see no problem with it. Yeah. But if she puts it on at all, I'm not going to have no <laughs> dealings with it. And, I mean, if I know at the end she says this crazy word, then just stop it. But I mean, 
you're getting down to the fine things, but if you know you can stop it, then why even put the word out over the speakers in your house? That, that's just, what I'm saying. Just, I mean, if she's good all the way through and then at the end she gets talking that bull crap, then just cut her off. That, that, stop the video there. And why do you think I'm having this conversation? It's because I've been conflicted on this for quite a while. I'm trying to work through this in my own mind. I'm not saying I've been doing it right. I'm having this conversation so I can reconcile with this in my own mind. And my gut feeling has always been stretching is good. Yoga is bad Mm -hmm. for my spirit. That is my gut feeling Mm -hmm. on it. And that's usually right. And you ask me, how far do you go when it comes to separating yourself from the world? (laughs) I'm going to tell you right now. You're called to go really far, as far as you can possibly go. Here we go. Do not be conformed to to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Um, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, Christ's own possession. Um, do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from from the evil one. They, us, are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. This is Jesus speaking. Um, this is Jesus speaking again. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, I, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Um this goes on and on and on about how far uh, you should go to literally be a you know a son or daughter of Jesus. Now, I know it's tough, man. Well, you got to go as far as you know, and the more you study the Bible, it's dangerous because I say it all the time: for a man that knows to do right but doesn't do it, for him it is sin. Now, if you're ignorant of it, if, if you truly haven't read it and you're putting forth the effort to find it and you do something that is wrong that you didn't know, I mean, you didn't know, but if if now you know, that there's, I mean, it's a... Uh, so, like, now my mind is like, I'm, I'm stewing on the namaste thing. The one word that means, you said the divine in me recognizes divine in you. And we're trying to avoid that word is now kind of the conversation we're having. No, so, you're wrong about that. No, what? we're not. We're we're literally look, man. Just to cut the fluff away from this, we're trying to avoid. We're tr- what? No, what we're saying is that yoga, the foundations of it, the driving force behind it, the beliefs that it entails, literally everything about yoga, is demonic. That just to cut all the fluff away from it. So anything that's not Christian, another religion is demonic. No, CrossFit's not demonic. No, I'm talking about uh, things coming from other religions. Why are they automatically demonic if they're from another religion? Isn't, isn't is, there other gods? It is gods? leading you to believe. It, it is founded on beliefs that have deviated from the true God. That's what makes it demonic. Anything that any belief... Just like we read in Mere Christianity just a second ago, that deep, and I know this is hard, man. It's hard to reconcile with this. Like, I just don't know where you're getting that from. Like, why anything tied to a different religion saying, like, yeah, it's wrong. 
it's wrong. But it didn't the Bible say that there are several gods, but ours is the one true God? Does it say the other gods are all demonic? I, I think the Bible makes a very good case for that, yes. Well it it's I think in I'd have to study that verse, but what I what I understood is that there are other gods. People have made other gods. There there are other gods out there, but they are not the one true God. Like money is a god to people. Yeah. Here on earth. And, and you know, you can have I mean, anything could be a god. That's a good point. But it's not the one true God. That's what I mean, and again, I'd have to go back and kind of study it, but that's what I got from that. Um you know. I and, and like I say, I think again, we we could go back and forth, back and forth about this. It's a really hard concept to reconcile with. Well, it's your opinion that yoga is demonic. It's my opinion that if you do yoga with the right intentions for the right reasons and you don't expose yourself to obvious teachings that are false, you're good. Well, if it's not of God, it's of the devil. I mean, there are... CrossFit is not of God. It's another thing. I do yoga just like I do CrossFit. But the foundations of CrossFit are are not based on any religious philosophy. Yeah, this is this is where this is where but we're calling do, out yoga specifically. How do we know? Like Blake said earlier, that Buddhists didn't adopt yoga. Like, how do we know? Like, we can read, but how do we know the guy who came up with yoga wasn't just some old regular guy? They, like, they adopted yoga. No, they adopted stretching. Yeah, they took the activity of stretching and turned it into a religious philosophy. So I can go do all the yoga poses that I've learned. Those aren't yoga poses. Those are stretches. What is yoga? What's the definition of yoga? What does yoga, the word yoga, mean? It means, um, I want to say like to unite or something like that. To yoke. Yoke something together. I think that's what it means. Like it's a it's a clearly defined line there. You're not you're doing yoga poses if you're participating in yoga, which is the foundations of it is mm-hmm. a Eastern religious belief. All right. You're stretching, you can be doing the same movements, but simply stretching. All right. It's wrong because you call it a yoga pose and you are essentially <laughs> participating with this in this religion of yoga. But if you say I'm it, we're getting in like to word definition, but words matter, right? It sounds right? like you I guys mean, are getting into legalism is what it sounds like. But if you say it what if you say that um say that the Christianity and Buddhism line up on something, let's just say um you shall not kill. I don't know. I don't know what Buddha says, but let's right. say that they, they both line up on that and you say, I'm not killing this dude because of the Buddhism law that, that I can't kill. It, then it sounds like you're practicing Buddhism, right? But if you say, I'm not killing this person because that's what the Bible says and I'm Christian, then you're Christian. If you say, I'm doing a yoga pose, then you are, it sounds like you're participating in this religion of yoga. And if you say, I'm doing a stretching pose, it sounds like you want a healthy body. Yoga is a concept. Buddhists and Hindus use it. And those are the religions. And the reason I do yoga is to keep my body healthy. And I do that because the Bible tells me to. Well, baby, the, the fact of the matter is we're an hour and 20 minutes into this podcast and we have still not reached common ground on this. And I don't, I don't think that we will. 
you know, this is something that you have you have to reconcile with in your own heart. Um, and I, I see it clearly in my mind. Go ahead, Blake. Well, I was just gonna say you. I'm not saying you're doing this, but no, you're good. This has happened to me before, to where I want something bad enough that I will make myself believe in some way that it is okay so that I can continue to do this. Yeah. And and so you ask yourself, why why do I want to do this so so bad? Is it is it because I want to continue doing it or do do I know it's wrong and I just want to continue doing it or do I really think it's okay? It, that's the real question. Like, are you trying to justify it because you want to keep doing it or because you really think it's okay? And I'm not saying that for you specifically. No, that could good. be for every listener. But I have gotten in that place before to where I think, here's kind of a legitimate argument, and I want to keep doing this, so I'm going to kind of justify it off of this. But really, I knew it was wrong, and I shouldn't have been doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and I see y'all's point about it being tied I just don't know how Christians can't, they can't rely on their faith and that God doesn't know what's in our hearts and that that's not enough. Like that, that concept to me is just like, like if Jesus was standing in the room watching me do yoga and he knows what's in my heart, like, is he going to be angry with me? Is he going to be like, how dare you do this demonic exercise? Like that That's a really great question to ask. If Jesus was standing in the room with you. That's always what I ask myself if I'm wondering about something. I was like, if, if he was standing here. Would he be cool? <laughs> if you can even imagine this. If he could see in your heart. Well, like He, if he, he, he could, knows your heart. Yeah. Yeah, he knows your heart. So and, th- and that's where I'm at. You know, I, I wonder. Uh, it, but, I wonder in my mind. No, he's not going to care that you're stretching. But if he's standing there and you say, "Hold on, Jesus," the divine in me recognizes the divine in yeah, you, and then I he's going to say, Mm-mm, "Son, I- <laughs> no, <laughs> no." I totally agree with you on that. I absolutely agree with you. But then this whole conversation, like Chad being, first of all, Chad being so, this is Chad, but so crazy, like not crazy hardcore is to be like yoga is demonic like that, i just have to go with my gut on that that sets me off because i'm like here we are worrying about words and things and like mm-hmm. we both listen to music that has cuss words in it we don't censor that out of our lives like oh how, i'm not perfect that's what i'm way. saying though but why do we choose the things like you don't like yoga so part of me is like okay you think it's okay to listen to some music with cuss words because you like it. No, by the way, I don't think that's okay. But you do it. It's not often, but you... I, and I've done... I try not to do it, and it, it it bothers me if that comes on, but sometimes my flesh wins that battle. I know it's mm-hmm. wrong when it's happening, and it doesn't make me feel good. But see, that's where I'm at. You know it's... I don't know. I just struggle with, like, where do we draw the line... Of like, we only listen to Christian music. We only do things that has a Christian foundation. We only hang out with like, like. Well, the question is, how close do you want to get to it with Jesus in your walk with him? You think that affects it a lot? Like For me, I know for a fact it does. Yeah. How much I meditate on this, what I'm allowing to come in my head. Yeah. What I'm listening to, 
the activities I'm partaking in either increase or take away from my union with Christ. Mm -hmm. You do not stay in one spot with Jesus. Like you, you can't maintain this. Here I am with Jesus and here I'm all, if you're not seeking him, then you're going backwards. And if you are, you're going forward. It's always one way or the other. There's no like kind of constant thing. And, and the whole cussing Christian, cussing Christian, the whole (laughs) cussing and Christian music thing, like, yeah, all and I, we, I, this has came up multiple times over the past few days. But what you're doing is hardening your heart. You hear those cuss words, and they no longer, you know, no longer like, oh, dang, I hate hearing that word. Man, I, I hate when people talk like that. Then you're kind of like okay with it. Then a little bit of that heart of flesh has now sealed over, and now it's it's starting to turn to stone. And you see on the news all these people getting killed, and you don't care. It's because you have hardened your heart and you can no longer have, you can no longer see things through God's eyes because you have conformed to the world and not been transformed through the renewing of your mind. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's a great point, Brooke. The The whole thing about cussing in music, it is the exact same principle as yoga. It's, it's like playing with fire. You know that those cussing words in there are going to harden your heart against Jesus but you're going to say, I know this fire's hot, but I can get a little bit closer to it without getting burned. I can move my hand up a little bit further on the torch or let the match burn a little bit further for it. really gets me good. And it's the same thing with yoga. You can say, yeah, I can participate in this, and, and I'll just I'll cut it off at this word. Well, yeah, you can hold the matchstick at the bottom of the match while the fire's burning, and there's not a whole lot of danger. But it gets a little bit closer and a little bit closer, and before you know it, it's burnt you. Mm-hmm. So... That's the way I would consider it, is playing with fire. But that's not always going to feel good, like making that change. And I'm talking about Tyler Childers, by the way. Like, I'm not talking, Chad doesn't listen to, like, rap music. There might be, like, one cuss word in the whole song. Yeah. But still, like, it's the, not It's not going to feel good to quit listening because we like his music. Yeah. Like, But the answer is, would my relationship with Jesus be better if I cut that out of my daily bread, my daily intake. Yeah. If <laughs> I would if I was using that time to listen to worship music and I was using that time to praise God, would it help fortify my relationship with Christ? Yeah. I yeah. I guess it's a really good point you brought up and even challenges me to look through things in my own life you know we're not the reason we talk about some hot topics is because they're hot topics and and it's a problem for other people you know i mean the the cussing in the music that's a great point to bring up that people don't even think about Uh, yeah and but everybody is this yoga is getting so big so if we can do our part to kind of snuff it out before it really gets crazy and affects someone else the way it has this lady no that was meditation yeah, but well, yeah. yeah, but yeah, you're right. So, I think, uh, I mean, that's a that's a really good point to bring up is how far do you take it? And the answer is how far do you know to take it to live for Jesus? And to that extent is where you go. So, do we start doing like, I mean, this, and my mind is going crazy. So, like, we're doing that. We're going to put everything in our lives that comes from 
another Christian God, God central, God surrounded Jesus. So like, do we go as far as like that guy, that doctor, Christian doctor guy, and he said that you need to bless things that come into your home that don't come from a Christian place. Like, is that biblical? Yeah, I don't, I would have, that's what I was thinking. Oh yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. Can we find an example of that in, in New Testament Christianity? I don't, I don't think so. Okay. So that's, that's a no. So, okay. Well, yeah, that solves it. I mean, just. Well, and I mean, I don't want to get down another rabbit hole, but that brings up another good point is that just because it's coming from someone who is a proclaimed Christian, that's the filter right there. Like all this stuff you get should funnel down to that Bible and whatever comes out the bottom is pure. Yeah. Like anybody, anything anyone's telling you, you need to hold the Bible up right there and filter it through that screen and say, well, here's the truth to what yeah. this, even preachers, anybody, nobody has, even what we say. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. You know, and the but, Bible it, it warns teachers. Not everyone should be teachers because they will be held to a higher standard and will have a higher judgment because what you share means that much. Absolutely. We have that conversation a lot, how much pressure he has more so than other people. Just And you. Yeah, and you. Yeah. And you too. You're reaching hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah, but I'm not to a point in my faith that like I feel I can tell people what I've experienced and the things that like that quite literally like I've experienced but I'm not comfortable saying things like yoga is demonic because I can't find that in the Bible and I just don't like I don't know it's just hard for me like to feel comfortable voicing anything like a truth right now because I don't read as much as you guys do and I don't I don't, you know, I don't put as much work into it. And to say demonic, you know, like you think of, of what that is. But the Bible says you shall have no other gods before me. And even if you're not making a yoga a god, you can't participate in it either. Like the, the um, doctrine of it and the theology of it. If you want to stretch, if you want to do some stretches that yoga also does then fine just just do, call it stretching do you stretch it? Yeah. that that is the ultimate <laughs> he almost exploded just that's now. the ultimate conclusion and, and i sit here and i think about that is a bold statement to make that yoga is demonic it's really bold that's a very bold statement to make out of line <laughs> in my opinion. and 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 i wonder i know i actually don't wonder uh-oh i actually truly believe that my creator Jesus Christ would a baby don't be crazy. No, I I I believe that that is in alignment with His Spirit, with 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 what He would, and, and I believe truly that that is why I have had a gut feeling, an opposition against this practice of yoga, not stretching. I believe that gut feeling and that opposition within my own heart is coming from the Holy Spirit that lives within me. Now, I know that's hard for some of you to understand, but I'm just telling you 
Yeah, because you just said that Jesus told you that yoga is demonic. We didn't get any scripture or anything. Well, we can we can delve into that later. But anyways, the purpose of this podcast was to (laughs) break this box open, not to find the bottom of it. Uh, I think that we've shared some great perspectives, some great scripture, some great secular medical examples here, and you as the listener draw you ultimately you have to reconcile with this yourself yeah i am not telling you what to do i'm telling telling, them if they participate in it they're going to be like they're participating in something that's demonic is what you told them that that is that is you just said my that is the spirit of god is leading me to that conclusion now how do you know the difference between the spirit of god and your flesh the Holy Spirit lives in me. So everything you say is is from God. <laughs> no, we are not going down. We are not going down that. I, don't, I, I, I don't shouldn't like have opened that, this. Man. I, I know. I, I know you don't like it. Because I don't you don't have anything to base that off of. How can you tell a difference between your a, frustration with yoga because it's tied to another religion and that upsets you and it's demonic and God told you that? Like, how do you find the difference? I didn't say God told me that audibly. I'm saying that's where the intuition is. I I believe that's where the intuition and the opposition to that practice is is coming from. You think. Now, that's a whole nother podcast. Obviously, I would not make that statement if I did not think I could back that up scripturally with some very short-term research in scripture. I think that could be backed up. That statement could be backed up Which scripturally one? that the practice of yoga or any practice that's on the foundation of religion that deviates <clears throat> from Christianity, the truths of it deviate from Christianity. It it's, it's not tied to the same, to the actual God creator <clears throat> of heaven and earth, that those things are demonic. Well, it goes back to what you read in C.S. Lewis book that says, the what a Christian has to believe is that where it and another religion or belief deviates, you must believe that Christianity is the absolute truth. And I'm hung up on the, the divine in me, recognizes the divine in <laughs> you thing. And so if that's what they believe, I haven't studied yoga enough, but if that's what that word means and that's what they believe, then it deviates from the Bible and to be a Christian, you must say that that is wrong and the Bible is right. Do you have to say it's demonic if it's not in line with the Bible and wrong? Does it have to automatically be demonic? I don't I know. I don't think it has to automatically be demonic, but you can call it what you want, but you shouldn't participate in it. Is is it, Now, to, to say it's demonic and, and then, you know, you have demons when you participate in it, then no, I don't think you can say that every time. It's just case by case and it depends. Yeah, and yeah. and how do you, I mean everything would be somewhat case by case, you know. But the what I, I'm going to say one last thing and then I'm going to shut up. Well, fire burn you is what I'll ask you. I, so I I agree with you and I see y'all's point about yoga and namaste and everything. But if something is devoid of Christ, Jesus centered and its foundations are rooted in another religion, 
does it always have to be demonic or can it just not be something you want to mess with because it doesn't support what you want in your life and doesn't support Jesus? I mean, ultimately... Is, I, it, is everything that's not godly and holy demonic? Ultimately, there are two driving forces in the universe. Good, which is God, and evil, which is Satan in his kingdom. Has to be one or the other? Literally, there is nothing, there is no in-between ground that you can float. Well, that makes me think about it again. I'm well, still not convinced. Things but. of... Things of the war, like we talked about CrossFit. CrossFit, I mean, you could you could say that could be used for the devil. It it wasn't created for God or for the devil, but it, same That's thing with social example. media. Social media, it just is what it is. It can be evil and it can be good. It depends on. So who's why using couldn't it. yoga? Oh, there it is. Depends on who's using it and what their intentions are. Why because can't yoga is not CrossFit? And yoga, the foundations of it is a it is a spiritual pra it's literally a spiritual practice. So I use it for my spiritual life with Jesus. No, you use stretching for that. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. You don't yeah. that's the that's the whole thing is you have to pull like here's yoga. Extract <laughs> you not saying? So wait, wait. extract stretching out and, and here's what you still have left is this this theology and belief and, and you've got stretching over here. It's still good and so you got Christianity, you got yoga. Here's stretching. Christians can pull from it, and yoga can pull from it. But you got to stay on this side and call it stretch. Okay, I have stretch. one last thing. So if a Muslim came up with CrossFit and they did it because they said they wanted to keep their body good for Allah, would it be demonic if we used it to keep our bodies fit? No, not not unless they took cross the unless they if they took the movements of CrossFit and called it. Muslama, baby, I read you the poses. Okay, if they took at if the they end, took they a, said the little thing. If they took burpees and and all the and pull ups and and push ups and all this stuff and named it something and said that, this is a practice that's going to make you closer to Allah, then you would not want to participate in that practice. But yes, you can still do push ups and pull ups and burpees and everything else that is called yeah. CrossFit. Okay. All right, I yeah. think I get it. I still Nobody. don't think I still don't think it's demonic, but I think I get your point. Nobody's listening to this podcast anymore. <laughs> I don't think that's true. I think people will be entertained just at us bickering back and forth. Well, it's always challenging when you come on, Biscuit. So uh, my open invitation's probably gone now. By the way, I've had a crick in my neck for the last two days, and this was a this was a great conversation here. Thank you guys for tuning in. <laughs> the best thing. To me, that came out of this is how far do you take Christianity? Yeah. If, you, if you're still listening and there's one thing you can take away, think of what do you know that is right that you are just complacent about and you're not doing it. I mean, it's probably cussing in the music for everybody, but what do you know that you should be doing or shouldn't be doing that you are or aren't doing? Yeah. That's, That's legit. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Biscuit, thank you for coming. You don't mean that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll mean it. That was good. No, yeah. It, if you wouldn't have came, this this conversation would have been like... This would have been 20 minutes. It's been episode. like, what's up, Blake? How you doing? Yoga's Blake demonic. Said, good, good, good to hear you. Enough said. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I, I'll attach the link to this article that we were referencing in harpers.org. Uh, and uh, you guys can check that out. 
Um, and yeah, do your come to your conclusions. Maybe we'll make a post about this. Let us know what you think because it's sure enough. Yeah, a lot of different perspectives and beliefs. Oh yeah, this, we so. should do that so we yeah. can hear other people's opinion. So hope you enjoyed it, guys. This is the Three of Seven podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Enough said.